Listen up, rugby fans across North America. You are listening to the Rugby Rant podcast show with your host, Ty Braga, Scott Barrara, and Rob Hammerschmidt. We tackle the tough topics on your behalf as the fan and share all the latest news, player interviews, and more when it comes to Major League Rugby, USA Eagles, and Rugby Canada. Rugby Rant podcast show, growing rugby one fan at a time. Hey, Rugby Rant fans, guess what? It's Sunday, and you know what that means. It means Rugby Rant time. Welcome to episode 41. I completely screwed this up last week. It's said episode 40. I'm going to blame that on Ty for making me the host because he knows that I suck at it. Anyway, it's the big guy, Scott Ferrara. It's Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt from the Rugby Rant pod. Unfortunately, Ty couldn't be with us today, um, but just giving him a quick shout out. And we got a juicy one for you guys. We have two really great topics, and, and especially the second topic you guys picked, one by a landslide, and people started debating it uh, underneath the, uh, the poll. So, you know, before we get into that, let me uh, introduce TJ Olson from the Bonus Point Podcast. TJ, welcome back. What's up, boys? It's been a minute. I have missed the hammer. I've missed the big guy. And Rick, it is good to see you in the corner. I can't wait to... I know some of these topics aren't going to be rants or, or debates, but it always goes in that way anyway. So I'm super excited for this one. Well, we're happy as shit to have you on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, me and TJ talk bullshit all the time. It's a lot of East Coast, West Coast Man, rivalry. It, it, you know, it makes it makes my of... day go go so much faster when I'm working, and, and I, I love it. It's it's great. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad TJ can totally get his work done when he's not you know talking to me. Uh, Rick, welcome back to the show again. Rick is 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 Texas Monthly, and one of the guys that uh, uh, heads up the Jackal. Then Rick, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Um, I actually don't get to rant too much on the on the uh, Texas Rugby Monthly and the new Jackal Den. I don't even host it, so. This is my only opportunity to freaking rant during the week, so I'm going to get it out. Especially that D1A topic, I'm I'm hot for it. <laughs> oh no, you Glad. can't get hot. Scott's the only oh, guy that can yeah, get, get hot. Okay, well, <laughs> well, well, that's that's fucking it. trademarked. Okay, now I got to get lawyers involved. <laughs> oh man, I could better get my lawyers. Oh, yeah, man. Rob, Rob, I need your brother-in-law's number or your brother's number yeah, out in Chicago. No I get a side um, fee, by the way. Yeah, so uh, um, actually, you know, Rob, it was funny off camera. Rob was commenting on my hat for those who who maybe can't yeah. see or, or can see it. It's, it's a rugby man toba hat. Where'd you get? Yeah, that? it's with this. Yeah, it's it's cool. It has this bison on it, and you know what it is? Is I check out the rugby shop all the time, and I look at like what initiatives they have, like this this rugby man toba stuff. Um, I look at different um, club teams, and I like to buy their merch. Um, you know, like Rob said, uh, Rob, Rob's a merch whore. I'm kind of that way too. I just don't tell my wife. Because if she knew how much merch I bought, we'd probably get divorced. But you get great things like this, like the shirt Rob's wearing, um, and, and a ton of great gear. And um, you go to the MLR shop, um, excuse me, the rugbyshop.com. And you know what else they do? They can completely customize your kit for your club team. And it's almost that time. Um, Rick, show us that shirt real quick that you have. I just want to. You can oh, get things like this. Goods. Yeah. That is a you good. You can get things like this at the rugby shop to customize for your club and it's almost spring season. I mean, the snow is almost melted here in New York. And when <laughs> I mean almost, I mean we still have a solid 6 inches on the ground. But you know what? We had 12 <laughs> inches last week. So there you go. Um so visit the rugbyshop.com for all of your rugby needs. Again, customizable kit, pads, shorts, anything you need, oh, cleats. <laughs> 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 and, uh, uh, 
and there and there and there goes my my read for uh, the rugby shop that Rick has now just blown. Thank you very much for all that. <laughs> anyway, um, Rick was talking about ranting earlier, and TJ kind of alluded to it. Our first topic isn't really going to be a rant as much; it's going to be a preview of the teams. So we kind of broke it down. It just so happened we can break it down almost geographically um, by location. So we're going to start off with Rick, and Rick is going to start with the Gilgronies, the Sabercats, and Utah. Rick, your three minutes starts now. So I know plenty about the Gilgronies and Sabercats from the mile uh, mile away camera view I got of the matches um, that we filmed the other day, uh, which we we actually got a lot of dread on our site, but a lot of crap from the viewership. Uh, I had to personally talk to several people about how we were providing a service to them that they would not have otherwise had. Uh, anyways, not to, uh, you know, put the Texas monthly rugby uh, uh, show on, on, on the, on the rant, but um, Austin and Houston coming back, uh, both teams that struggled last year um, have really struggled the entire, you know, three years of MLR. Uh, this is going to be the strongest showing for the Austin team by far. Um, I I see them as a potential top four team uh, overall uh, because of all the talent that they've brought in. Um, also, I like what they've done in terms of bringing in players who are American players who are going to be playing for the national team. So they're looking at not just uh, names that are going to come over and play well, uh, but also names that are going to come over and bring audience in. So Bryce Campbell, uh, the CEO, Osterberg, who's from the area, um, you know, those are big names. Frank Lai is, is coming back. Um, and then all the marketing that they've done. So they did an amazing job of really stepping up their marketing uh, this year. So I expect them to do much better than the, I think, bottom of MLR in terms of uh, attendance at games. So I expect a lot from the Gilgronies this year in terms of really the whole club, uh, everything included. Uh, the Sabercats, I, I have a hard time. I, I really like what they do at set piece time. Um, in the open field, I think there are going to be spots where they struggle. Uh, but they've got a lot of good young players. And then what they've done, which I really like, is the HTX program, which uh, granted Cole is one of the leaders of. I think, you know, they're looking uh, long term. Uh, so this may not be a great year for them, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're top four or five in the West. Uh, then Utah. So this is one I really struggle with because I love the way they play. It's very open style, very uh, Pacific Island style, uh, especially including uh, the players that they have. Um, and they're bringing in, you know, another super dynamic uh three player in uh, Mikey Teo. But there's just something about it. I don't know if it's, you know, coaching and maybe the coaching's better this year, but they, they've just not been able to put it together. Uh, they, they win some amazing matches where you're like, wow, if they could play like that for 60 minutes a game, every game they'd win most of their matches, but they just can't seem to put it together. Uh, so I think it'll be an up and down season for them. Um, I, I would think, you know, they're going to be in the bottom part of the West, uh, but you know, I wouldn't be totally surprised they come out and they they beat Seattle or they beat the Giltinis and we're like, you know, they put the they put MLR, um, you know, on the lookout. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. You know, Zion Bank Stadium is actually a hard place to play. Um, you see a lot of teams go up there and and I have no idea 
about the geographical location. Other than that, it's a gorgeous view. Um, so I wonder if, if altitude might play a factor. I'm not sure. Um, so you, you Warriors fans, let me know if that's correct. Um, I, I, I have to give a shout out to Lerone White and, and Brendan Rams because we, we talk, anytime we talk about the Gilgronies, I got to shout out my boys. Um, the hype machine that's Brendan Rams is unreal. I do think you're right. I think they brought in a lot of pieces. I think they are, they understand that even though last year and the year before were, they feel were disappointments, I think their front office turnover is what has changed for them. And now they're kind of more consistent. So that consistency is going to help them out. And I think you're right about the Sabercats. The Sabercats have a big question mark. Um, can they win a few games? Yes, but I haven't seen a lot of those pieces there myself. Yeah. Um, so that that was great. I think that's great analysis by you. And, oh, and the one the one thing I missed with the Warriors is I think their set piece is going to be a lot better. Uh, bringing in Khalifi, bringing in Mullen, um, you guys that we know um, are good at scrum time. Uh, at least one part of their um, their set piece is there. Uh, and then I think you know at the lineout, bringing in uh, Matt Jensen. Uh, is a big pull for them. So uh, there, there's going to be a lot, a lot better set piece for Utah than we've seen the last few years. Can, Jensen's can, a big play. Can mm-hmm. I, can I just throw in there? There, I actually watched the um, their their uh, preseason match against ATL, yeah. and here's what impressed me: Gina Scoli uh, was pretty impressive uh, for a for a rookie a fly half commanding the players around the pitch. Uh, now it's nice in that he has somebody that's pretty experienced in the MLR at Scrum Half, um, and and that's uh, you know that's our, our guy, my guy from Linenwood. Um, but um, here's the thing I liked about him: he kicked really well. Like when he kicked for for territory and, and touch to put pressure on, he he really pinned uh, ATL back in the first half. I thought you know um, actually the Warriors could have won that game except for uh, you know there was a tough offload that Basket dropped in the first half. Other than that, I thought they looked pretty good. Yeah, no, they they did look good, and I think I think Rick is spot on about their set pieces being better, and I think it shows you that when Giannascoli is in, they trust him with the ball. So I'm wondering mm. how much actual playing time he's going to get in some of those matches that they think he can really work in. Like I don't see I don't I I don't see him playing maybe against San Diego and LA, but I do see him playing against the Texas teams. I see him getting some time and against Seawolves, and even if that doesn't mean starting, if it comes in, you know, with 20 minutes left. Um, I could I could see him getting time quickly, and I wonder how that's going to work for him going into the next year. You know, um, anyway, that's just me talking. I'm rambling on as per usual. So now we're going to move <laughs> over to the other three West Coast teams. TJ is going to be doing LA, San Diego, and SeaWolves. TJ, your three minutes starts now. You mean okay, Las Vegas? So, uh, <laughs> technically, yeah. Te- technically, I'll, I'll I'll pay that one. So I've been following all these three teams very closely, obviously because they're on the West Coast and because I have a few friends in each team. Um, and when I look at these three teams, I get really excited as for the MLR as a whole because the talent and the coaching just continues to get better and better every season. But when you flip at it, I'm I'm looking at it as title contenders from what I've seen during preseason and what I'm seeing on on paper. So one team is a major championship contender. One team can make a run for playoffs and one team might not even crack the top four this season. And in order, that's LA, San Diego and Seattle. And and that really surprises me because Seattle has been like basically the catalyst or like the top tier team for like the in the top four for like the last since MLR started. So that really surprises me. But 
I can hear a lot of Seawolves fans in the back sitting there going, okay, we're coming to LA and we've now got a new enemy, so I want to kill you. But it's it's not the case. I assure Seawolves fans, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Seawolves. I, I love what Shalom and the team have done for the MLR over the years. I believe they'll be very competitive over the next few years. But they retained a lot of great talent, drafted well. Aaron Matthews, for example, he's, he's a player that I've coached against multiple times when he played for St. Mary's, and he's very talented. But when you look at the squads on paper, can just stack them up next to each other, they just they don't really level up with some other teams. I, I believe I, I could be proven wrong once we hear how the trial match goes with the Legion tonight. But that's that's how I see it based on what I've heard coming out of their camp. So that's just me. A lot of people are going to hate me for that one. The the Legion have similar characteristics. Um, I believe the talent they've added to the roster, though, compared to Seattle, will bring them more success this season. They've retained some solid guys like Nate Sylvia in the front row. Uh, plus they've signed guys like Rob Shaw, Cecil Africa. Um, but the thing that really puts them over the edge for me is getting Eddie Jones as a coaching consultant. That's that's something that I saw. I was like, okay, that can give him a bit, a bit of an edge. Um, I still want to see Cecil Africa and how he plays in 15s because he could be, be a difference maker. But on paper, there'll be a team that you'll see in at least in the semifinal, I believe, um, if their squad avoids injuries. Lastly, you got the team in my backyard. It's it's the LA Guiltinis. I've been really close with them since since their inception. A few people think I'm playing favorites, so they think that it's a lot of flash and not a lot of substance. But I was there over the weekend when they played their trial match. The, the MLR and the fans should be excited about this team joining the competition. I, I said this on my podcast, The Bonus Point. You, you look at their organization from top to bottom, and they're the gold standard of rugby. And no, that isn't a Wallabies pun because they have a lot of ex, ex, like ex-Wallabies <laughs> in there. Adam Fryer, Darren Coleman, Stephen Hoyles, and, you, and you've got guys like Areni IE and Kevin Battle, all incredible at what they do. They know how to win. And I haven't even gotten to the players yet. You, you've got young talent like Marfi Sanoa from, from Belmont Shore. He contributes a lot in the scrums in the season if he's able to get um, back to his peak fitness. And you've got an experienced team full of guys who have been able to help develop a young and squad that's really hungry. Like the guys like Smith Twins, Charlie Abel, Billy Meeks, Adam Ashley Cooper, and, and Matt Giddo has finally been announced. The, the list goes on and on. If half of those guys are able to play and stay healthy, I, I think the MLR should definitely see these guys as championship contenders. To me, so, health is the biggest concern there because you've got a lot of you know, elder statesmen and then the rest of the, there's no depth. The team is super duper young after that. I, I agree with that in a sense, but I, I saw them on the weekend. They, they're during the, I think that COVID break, I think they really had that opportunity to take care of themselves and get back to fresh. They're definitely not young and ready to go. Like they're not guys that are 21 and go, yeah, let's play every game. But I think they've been in that high performance environment for so long that they know how to take care of themselves. And even though their squad is young, um, guys like Christian Rodriguez, he he can play. Um, you, you've got a lot of a lot of um, I would say middle of the pack guys for a long time. I can't remember his name, but he played for uh, Sacramento, um, and he took a year off. I can't remember. Yeah, but I can't I can't Langy remember Langy. his name. But he can play. Yeah, Langy Langy. Like he's yeah. a beast, bro. He, every yes. every time I watch him play, I'm I get nervous because I think he's <laughs> physically just going to hurt someone every time he blasts through a tackle. But I, Rick, I I do agree with you. Their squad is quite top-heavy with older talent, but I think that experience is really going to trickle down in, into the guys, and I think Billy Meeks is young enough that he can make a solid contribution. TJ, I have two questions for you, uh, and in particular about San Diego. 
Uh, number one, uh, what do you think the impact of, of Alex Corbusiero is going to be? He's obviously the scrum coach. I think that was a pretty uh, important addition. And the other question I have is, you know, they're training and they're actually going to be based out of Vegas. Uh, you know, towards the end of the season, how do you think that's going to impact the um, the mentality of the guys? The the you know just uh, you know the grind of eighteen weeks to hang in there and be away from their families a lot of the time. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Um, Alex, I, I've I've known of him. I I have don't know too much specifically about him personally. I've I've followed um, a few of his. Um, coaching styles, and I've heard a few of his methods when it comes to scrums. He is a scrumming genius um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, especially for American rugby. I think he's going to contribute a lot. I've talked to I've talked to a couple of the players. They think that his addition to the team is definitely going to make an impact. In regards to the Vegas um, point of view, I've spoken to a couple of players. They, it's it's not something that they're going to turn around and say, "Yeah, I enjoy staying away from my family," or I, it's something where, "Oh, I'm so excited to be in a Vegas that is so boring right now because everything is closed." But you you saw it with a lot of teams in the bubble when they're put in um in the NBA like a uh, bubble that they got put in there. When teams get put in adversity and they have this small window where they can sit there and go, "Okay." I've only got one thing on my mind right now and it's rugby because this is my only option. I'm stuck in isolation. I have to train. I have to bond with all my boys. That can go two ways. It can either go really yeah. badly because they're going to get super, super anxious or depressed and they're just all their focus is going to go out the window or they're going to do what I believe the Giltini's boys did in Maui and bond really well together as a unit and come out swinging for those 18 weeks. So I can't 100% definitively say whether it's going to be one or the other. But from the squad that I see, I think if they can get a few solid wins under their belt, I reckon they'll have a good crack this season. I totally agree. And here's the thing: since we're not doing a regular rant, I can't. I'm not going to give you the yellow card. Not that I can't, but I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> you did. You did pull what we call uh, uh, Rob Hammerschmidt and go over some time. But you, you know what? You I would have given you bonus points for the questions uh, you answered from Rick and Rob. Um, anyway, so I'm looking for the dagger. It's somewhere back here. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, twist, he's twisting it. He's twisting it. He's twisting usually it. we give Rob the, the usually we give Rob the cheese, but those were all great points. And I think what people have to realize too is with the Gatinis is while they are top heavy, you know those young guys like Roddy, uh, Christian Rodriguez, all those guys, they're going to learn a lot from those people. Yeah. And as far as Langy Langy, I'm actually I I can go get it right now. I have still have my Sacramento Express jersey. Um, you know, I actually I need to have the Kyle Sumption and uh, Harry Bennett sign it for me. Wait a minute, uh, but, wait a minute. Yeah, Langy Langy, he he had such a hot season in pro <laughs> rugby. For <Sacramento. laughs> go get his. Uh oh, he's is he getting he his now? He to be outdone. Let me guess. Yeah, one of his, like one of his kids needs to take over this thing. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but Langy Dang Langy in. came out so hot uh, in pro rugby, and then went over to Scotland for Glasgow, and unfortunately, he was one of those. Um, Pacific Islanders who kind of got lost in culture mm. and he ended up coming back and not having a successful run there. And I think being in LA um, way closer to home. So I think he's going to excel there. And I think he's going to be an X factor that people are going to be like, Oh shit. You know, if you're just, if you're new to rugby and you don't know who he is, you're going to hear his name. Um, so oh, yeah. I guess Rick is, is, 
Yeah, I think Rick he's, is going to get a jersey. I don't know if he quit the show. He's he's I have really no idea. He's out of here. Hey, uh, <laughs> so you know, I want to know. Yeah. I, I want to know. I've, sorry, I have one other question. One of the guys that I and and Scott will Scott will kill me. There you go. I told you it was Ohio. I told you it was that stupid state of Ohio. Shout out to Chris Shade. We miss <laughs> you, buddy. I hate that damn jersey. The reason I became a Sacramento Express fan. The reason I became a Sacramento Express fan is because, as you guys know, I everything. Uh, from Ohio. But anyway, Rob, ask your question to, to tease. So I was going to say one of the guys that I really like a lot, and I just think he's uh, just a class act through and through for such a young kid, is Patrick Madden. What have you heard or have you, have you what have you seen of him? And and where do you think, what do you think his prospects are going to be this season of getting a little uh, tick with the, with the uh, Legion starting side? Well, yeah, for guys that know me, I, I know Patty very well. Uh, Scotty was hating hating on me, and so so was Ty when when he came on. Yes. He he gave he gave the bonus point a shout out, and then he's a traitor. Know, sitting there going, yeah, traitor. <laughs> but he's I think he has he has a bright future in rugby, man. Like he's contributing a lot to this training camp, um, and even if it's just to get the boys ready for the season, because a lot of guys don't understand that he's been in the game for a long time. Like he's been training since he's a little kid. He has a lot of potential to get some playing time this season where a lot of people think he'll just come off the come off the bench maybe in one or two games. He has he has definitely possibility to have a start. Um and I think he definitely with that face and his charisma, I think he has a different possibility to move on and, and go into the go into the media and things like that. He can basically be the what is it, the, the Tony Romo or the or the guy that steps <laughs> into the, the the NFL spot where he can just hey. go straight into that million dollar seat. Let's just let's see how he does in the MLR, and let's hope he, he yeah. plays well enough to get himself in the Eagles situation and have a great yeah. career, and then we can talk about his career in the media. We don't want to put the I'm, 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 out of business. I'm putting I'm putting I'm putting it in, I'm putting it into the universe. But no, I definitely I definitely think um, yeah I've been hearing from a few of the boys. He's he's been doing very well. Um, he's adapting to the the atmosphere and the high performance uh, scenarios really well. Um, I think he's got a bright future in the MLR, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see him. Good to hear. Absolutely, we got to hook him up with our best. Um, uh, what was? How does he clarify himself? Uh, oh, our, our our best plus size model MLR friend Matt working up it with the free jack. <laughs> Matt working is a plus size model for Target. That's what he does for a living. So we got to hook uh, Madden up with him. Um, so Rob, Rob's gonna be doing Southeast. Rob's gonna be doing uh, Nola, Atlanta, his favorite uh, group there, and Old Glory. So Rob, your three minutes starts now. Okay, so I'm going to start first. I think of the three teams, um, the one that's going to finish uh, at the bottom it's, is, of the three is going to be uh, OGDC. It's not that uh, I have, you know, that they don't have some good players. I just don't think that they have the depth um, of care, you know, the depth that, that some of the other teams do here. Um, I really like probably my favorite player to watch uh, last year in spite of the shortened season was Mungo Mason. I really like uh, he was all over the field, just an absolute freight train, really liked what he did from the loose. Uh, they're adding Calvin Gibbons as a player coach. You know, I think he's 34. Uh, I mean, what a what a legend as far as you know, getting somebody who played with the Hurricanes. I mean, he scored a try in a in a, in a match in which they tied um, the British and Irish Lions in back in 2017. Um, so huge addition. It's a question of how much you know, how much is he going to be playing, and how much is going to be on, on the coaching element. Uh, Jamie Deaver obviously threatened Palomo, a great one. Uh, uh, Apasai Nakatini. Um, and, and, um, Renata Roberts, uh, Tainana, and I, I know that, uh, TJ will probably have a little something to say about him because he's a miter 10 guy and TJ is very familiar. So I'd be, uh, I'd be interested to hear TJ's thoughts on that one. Um, and then ATL, uh, much of the chagrin of my, uh, mates down there in NOLA, 
they'd probably prefer I just bypass ATL altogether and not say a damn thing. <laughs> but um, I will. Um, I really, they were two and three last year. Um, I think they'll, they'll they'll be a good team. They'll have some bright spots. Um, they certainly had the 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 best preseason of of probably any MLR team. I mean, they played a couple of scrimmage matches in November. They've got a couple of scrimmage matches in. Uh, they had one last weekend, um, and then they had um, uh, the match with with Utah last weekend. It was fifteen thirteen. Uh, they were supposed to play Old Glory this weekend. Uh, we just found out as of the taping that 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 got canceled. I mean, they literally. Uh, Roland Pratt was saying there were people packed up and ready to get on the bus, and they canceled that. Um, obviously, our guy Chancey, I mean, they all have a great All-American front row with Wengaluski, Mon, and uh, and uh, we think Jonas Petrakopoulos could could be a, 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 a big stud for them. Um, Batista is, a, is an Argentinian. Uh, of course, the missile, uh, Misegalu, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get an opportunity to run with uh, the Eagles because he showed a lot last season on the wing. I liked watching him a lot. But it's really going to be hard to tell based upon the five matches that we saw to get a beat on them. And then there's, of course, my guys down in NOLA. Um, I think they have a great balance. I've said that for a couple of months. They have a great core, Cam Dolan, Kyle Bailey, Eric Howard. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, J.P. Eloff is injured with a knee, as is um, our guy Nick Feeks. Um you know, but then they added uh, they added a nice group of young players that I think can develop. Ryan Nolt, he's like a freaking it reminds me a little bit of Neil Back, just a very mobile, very strong, likes the contact, both offense and defense. Um, you know, uh, sorry, uh, Andrew Gar is, is who I'm talking about. Nolt in the front row. Um, they added Damian Stevens, uh, Nabibian scrum half, Capiello, uh, Devin Short, and and of course uh, JP Duplessis that they brought over uh, from San Diego. So I really think Scott GM uh, Ryan Fitzgerald did a great job putting together a core and. Um, Anything short of the playoffs, I think, will be a disappointment for the Gold fans. I, I love how you said, you know, you want to talk to CJ about uh, this guy, and then completely were like, was like, "Fuck CJ, move on to the next." <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, go ahead and talk, CJ. Go ahead and talk about. Talk no, about I'm him. good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Tell us a little bit. Well, I know uh, he's if it's if it's the player I'm thinking of because there's so many bloody players in the, in the Mitre Ten Cup. I know he came up through the Northland system and then he played Correct. a little bit for no- North Harbour. Um, yeah, he's a rocket man. He it's and he's got a step that I've. There's only a handful of people. You've got a Nehi Milner Scudo. You've got a few other players. He's got a great step that I think is really going to go well in the MLR. He's going to be awesome. He's going to rip it up. Great, you know it's. I know it was disheartening for Rob to talk so well about ATL, but he's right. I think uh, Jonas Petrakopoulos is somebody you're going to hear. I believe he's going to get an Eagle selection. Probably not this year. He's a, he's a little young, but next year. And honestly, uh, me and Rob were talking about it on a different podcast. We both felt that he might move on from the MLR He's uh, and, and play somewhere uh, in the UK. Um, he has roots in the UK so uh, or, or in Europe. So, and he, you know, and that's – he got some tick down there in South Africa. I think he played for a year Correct. down with one of the which which um, academy was it? The Sharks Academy. I think it was right? Sharks Academy. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. it was yeah. Sharks. Um, you could, we actually interviewed him in an RPK interview mm-hmm. ooh, several months ago. So go check that out. But that's a name that I think, especially from ATL, that I, I believe he's going to be paired with uh, with our boy Chance up front, and you're going to hear his name a lot. Um, that's so now it's going to be a dark horse. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. It is. And and they're gonna bust. I think they're gonna it's almost it's March Madness. It's almost March Madness time. They're gonna bust some brackets, let's say. Um so now I'm gonna do the last three teams. So we're gonna start with Toronto. Um, because technically, honestly, I should have given them the Rob. Rob should have had four teams because if you don't know already, <laughs> Toronto has moved down is and their new home is in Atlanta. Um so Atlanta they had some ring to it. Yeah, Atlanta Arrows is it sounds pretty good. Um, you know, I I don't really think they cool. look good in red and black. Yeah, I don't I think I don't think they look good in red and black though. Um but they, they have a team where some some Canadians kind of I would say defected down to some some of the teams down here like uh, DTH who we're gonna who we just interviewed um, and we're talking about some of the Canadians on some of the other teams. But you also have you know Rob Browers back up front. Um, that, and they picked up a lot of South American guys. Gaston Cortez, prop for Argentina, he's a big hefty dude. Um, they're they're tight five is going to be serious, especially on the loose forward side, because you have Lucas Rumble coming back as the captain, and you have Thomas De La Vega coming there from Argentina. A bunch of uh, guys from Uruguay. I mean, it's it, Toronto. The only thing I can say about Toronto is I'm scared that they're going to have fatigue from not being close to home. Um, they just did this great thing where they had all the fans send 45-second videos to, to the members to kind of show them off because they're making their trek down to Atlanta this week. Um, but I just I feared that they have the same thing that San Diego might have, except because they're yeah they're, because they're so far away, you know, they're not a five hour drive to visit their family if they really needed to do that. So I could see maybe the last tail end of the season if they have to continue to play in the ATL, um, it might be it might be not so great for them. Um, let's see now I got to talk about the free jack. So I have to pull a Rob here talk about a team that I really hate. Um, <laughs> I just found out another rooster, former rooster, Quentin uh, Pradier, went and signed with with uh, Free Jack. So I land based at him all over social media. He's he's dead to us, Rudy folk. Just like Matt working. Um, that's a joke, people. Such, we have to such you know, a such that, a hater. That's, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, classic. That's perfect. Classic. Listen, we got one rule when you sign with the team, and I tell everybody the rule. So they knew that was the rule, and they broke the one rule. <laughs> what what's what's um, what's the rule? Don't leave. Don't, no, never. just don't play for the free yeah, jacks. Don't, don't leave either. <laughs> yeah, just just don't play for the free jacks and retire. Um, one of their big signings, um, uh, Vili Tua Latua, um, from Seattle, and I completely just screwed up his name because TJ's making me laugh. Uh, coming from Seattle <laughs> to play hooker, he's definitely going to get the start there. Um, Kyle Sakara, the mullet man himself, with with uh, going to be on, on the front row. Um, I mean. They have a team that I think is going to shake up the East Coast. Uh, Dougie Fife on the wing, um, you know Ty Leader coming in and 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 coming at the fly half. Now I wonder who's going to be the scrum half. Is it going to be Sean Yakubian, John Poland, or Ali Engelhart? I mean, you have three great scrum halves right there, um, and I I really. I, I'm gonna. I wonder if there's going to be a battle or if they have a guy yet. I haven't heard anything, unfortunately, um, and. Their, their scrimmages have been canceled, which sucks. But what are you going to do? Um, I think they're going to come in. I think they're going to shake up the East Coast. Uh, you know, they can steal some wins from some people. They had their first big win last year when they punched Rooney in the mouth. And I think that was more Rooney coming out flat, as we saw with their play, and coming out with two two guys. You know, their two starting locks get injured. Um, so, I mean, I could see – I 
do they make the playoffs? The East, the East Coast, the Eastern Conference is so iffy about people making playoffs. It's a little crazy. Um, and then let me talk about Rooney. So obviously Rooney coming out, uh, big signing with Andy Ellis. They have Chris Matina back. They have Harry Bennett staying. They signed Nick Savetta. Here's the problem. If we have to do international test matches, I think I counted almost eight guys who could be, yeah. who, you know, four guys who would definitely be called for the Eagles. Another three that could be called for the Eagles um, come selection time, young guys that are eligible. And Wilton Ribolo, who was probably going to be called up for Columbia if they have their test season. So I wonder at the end of the season, if Rooney's down five to eight guys, how does that affect their squad? Especially since four of those guys are starters and Nick Savetta, Nate Brakely, Dylan Fawcett, who's I'm assuming going to be the captain again this year, and Hanko Hermesize. Um, but I do think that Rooney has the firepower to do something in the in the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to make the playoffs. And that that's my preview. <laughs> they they got to win early. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they have to pick up the momentum, but I think they can win early. Oh, and I did I forgot to mention, um, Greg McWilliams had to step down uh, as mm-hmm. the Rooney coach for personal reasons. Um, from what I'm hearing, Marty Veal is stepping right up, and I got to be honest, Marty Veal would be a head coach in any MLR team uh, out there. So it's not a um, as big of an issue, I think, as you would see. You know, he was there last year with Greg. Um, he knows what he's doing. He knows the game plan that they want. And so I see this as a seamless transition. Can I give you the cheese for always blaming everything <laughs> on me? Like it's, it's every, every time something goes wrong, you always seem to point the finger out, at me. <laughs> it's, it's called being a funny talker. And that's who we blame in American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talkers, no, funny talkers want to come in and, and say all this stuff about, you know, well, I, I've, you know, I'm from New Zealand and I played since I was in diapers and I, 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 I had no shoes on when I first started to play. You know, well, it's funny, like, uh, it's funny like because, because like no one believes that I was born in the U S no one believes that I was born in New York. Cause I have the accent. Cause I was moved, yeah. moved when I was six. Everyone's like, nah, you don't have a passport. You're lying. You're lying. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know, but let, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's nurture in rugby. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. nature. Sometimes it's nurture. Um, if, if, you, if, you make, if you make, you make fun of people, you, you, you're in the community. If you can take it, you, you love them. You love them. Oh, my, my absolutely. Opinion, New England, if Poland's got to start, doesn't he? Based on his performance at the beginning of last year, I, he's got to start. I, and if, yeah. and then it's his to, his to lose. If he plays poorly, then you can, you've got two really good backups, but the way he played, I can't imagine you go anywhere else. And you've you've also got that. um I can, I can you've also that. got Seth Seth Fagasi that's just come over from Brisbane. He's going to bring a lot to the scrums. Like he he's he's a monster, man. He's going to be so good in that in that league. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like I said, I think I think Free Jacks are going to be Free Jacks and Rooney are going to be one of those teams that if they can get hot and stay hot, um, they'll they'll earn their spot in the playoffs. And it might come down to that last match. Um, of the season, like it did in 2019, where Rooney was playing, go- uh, happened to be playing the Nola Gold, and whoever was winning that match was going in. Um, I don't think Rooney plays the Free Jacks in the last match of the season, but it could come down to points in the last match. Listen, Man, we went, we went, say, we went really I, I, long. I'm on listening to you say that. Listen, uh, Rob, we got a couple we, different, <laughs> in a couple different podcasts, and let me tell you, I was in Northern Alabama, and I had my bags packed, ready to go down to Nola for the first uh, for the first playoff game. And you keep reminding me of the fact that that yes, never so much happened. For that. <laughs> so much for that shit. Um, but all right, so that so that was our preview, everybody. I hope you liked it. This is our first time we actually Wait a minute. Got to do I'm a just picking up on something. As soon as Rob picks his seats on those flights, the game canceled. that he picks seats for, that game doesn't happen. 
No, you're going to blame this on me, aren't you, Rich? You're going to blame this on me. For the jackals pulling out of it. Oh, no. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's a bold bold claim right there. Oh, man. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Let me rein this in a little bit. Let me me rein this in a little bit. That was our first MLR preview. Rob, shut up. That was our first MLR preview of uh, the 2021 (laughs) season. Uh, We finally got to do it. Me and Rob and Ty have been talking about doing this for so long that we're actually going to get into a season. We're really excited. (laughs) This was a great segment. This is why we have guys like uh, TJ and Rick on because they bring their knowledge. Um, Their knowledge is is ridiculous. Um, But right now you guys are going to listen to some sponsors. Help us keep the lights on, and we'll see you in the next segment. Get prepared for St. Patrick's Day with Manscaped. If you're feeling a little lucky, you know you need Manscaped to help you out. Manscaped is the global leader in below-the-waist grooming and the official sponsor of the Rugby Rant. To ensure you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com and use the the code RUGBYRANT for 20% off and free international shipping for all of our international fans there and domestic shipping within the U.S. You're in luck because Manscaped High Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Um, included is the new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which has a waterproof, uh, which is, is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM powered motor, 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Look, guys, 79% of our partners uh, that were polled admit that long nose hair and long ear hair is a major turnoff. And that's how you don't get lucky on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> no matter how much love and affection you you give to your man or woman out there um the bundle also includes the lawnmower 3.0 the best ball trimmer on the market for your butt and your body um you can use it all over the place you can use it in the shower it's waterproof it has a a huge light on it it's ridiculous it's almost like a ring light so you can make sure you get all the hairs down there um, that you need to get Um, it also uh, features the cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology you'll feel confident shaving your thunder down under Um, again it's it's the the I can't say enough about the bundle and getting all the stuff because you get the trimmer, uh, the lawnmower, you get the weed whacker, you get the uh, crop preserver and crop reviver, which is which helps you, you know, stay stay nice and and and, and smell some smell good down there uh, when you need to. Um, the performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Again, get twenty percent off and free shipping when you use the code Rugby Rent. Help us keep the lights on, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Also, with every purchase at manscaped.com, contribution is made toward the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Again, go to um, go to manscaped.com and use the code RUGBYRANT to get 20% off free shipping internationally. Your balls will thank you. And welcome to Rugby Coffee. It was born out of two passions, providing ethically sourced coffee and promoting the growth and development of rugby. By combining these two passions, the folks at Rugby Coffee see an opportunity to bring people together. And together, we can make a difference. Rugby Coffee invests 10% of their profits into giving kids opportunities to play rugby and projects that help uplift their communities. These endeavors have been transformational in many kids' lives and uplifted and empowered all these communities that they have touched. They have launched a new brew for the UK and are currently creating a unique flavor profile for North America. Get your brew and support youth rugby. A simple vision can be transformational. Rugby as a sport can inspire communities, bring hope, and provide opportunity. Rugby Coffee seeks to do all those things with one endeavor. Yeah. And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. It's the big guy, Scott Ferraro, with the, with Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, TJ Olson from the Bonus Point Podcast, and our buddy Rick Collins from Texas Rugby Monthly and the Jackal Den. And we're getting into the topic you guys picked. 
Um, what can D1A programs do more of to what, what was it to uh, to help develop American, American based talent. talent, develop American based talent? And that was something you guys uh, picked as a landslide topic. Um, I know this topic. Uh, Rob has talked about it with with his bu- a buddy of his recently. So Rob, we're going to start you off with your two minutes. It starts now. Yeah, uh, the guy is David Fee. David Fee um, and I've chatted about it a bit. Um, but here's the deal: in a perfect world, sure, college D one A would work hand in glove with the MLR and with the USAR in order to develop American talent. But that's in a perfect world, and we all know that this world ain't perfect, right? The bottom line is um, all those entities have different objectives. And the objective of a D1A coach, and, and we have to differentiate between, you know, uh, the high-level, high, level, high uh, D1A programs like Life, like Linwood, like, um, you know, uh, out there at St. Mary's, like Cal. Uh, there's a difference between them and somebody like, a, you know, a, a, an IU or, or Penn State um, that's also in D1A. Uh, at, at programs like what I'm talking about, uh, LU, Life, et cetera, those coaches' objectives um, is to, A, bring more money to the university because they're for-profit entities, right? So that's a completely different motivational factor. They, they, they don't get paid because they develop American talent. They get paid because they bring money to the university, which is trying to operate fiscally, right? And they also get brought in to bring notoriety to the university, again, to attract students, right? And and that's why Josh Macy at LU is brought in. They hadn't yet achieved a sevens you know, national championship. They brought him in after JD had left with that intent. And he put together a string of three sevens national championships and is always very competitive in 15s. Um, so it's very different. Now you get to, you know, like IU, U of I, Penn State, et cetera. Again, a different, a different perspective. Um, they're, they, they, A, need to keep the kids out of trouble, but they're there to provide a, an opportunity for kids on campus to do something um, and experience something they wouldn't normally get to do. Right. Um, and they don't get nearly the money. They don't get nearly support. So, again, the, the intent and the purpose is different. Um, and I don't think it's fair to put that on the shoulders of those D1A coaches. They have different masters to serve. I, I agree with you on that. Um, I'm, I'm going to get into my personal feelings later on. But um, what do you, so what do you think about a challenge that I've heard? Not This isn't my opinion. This is a challenge I've heard of saying that, you know, is Lindenwood really the champions, uh, 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 you know, when they win? Because they're essentially, again, not my opinion. This is comments I've, I've heard and people have told me. They essentially buy foreign players to help them Listen, achieve what they're going yeah, to achieve. Nobody's, nobody's questioned whether North Carolina – uh, you know, whether they're champions when they, when they win the, the, the women's national championship or when ND brings in talent from foreign countries to play the soccer and uh, play soccer in division one and wins a national championship. Nobody's saying that anybody tell, you know, is anybody uh, tell New Zealand that, Oh no, you, know, you didn't win in 2011 or 2015 when, um, you know, some of the guys from your team were Samoan, some of your te- guys, Eddie your Jones team. says that. I just want to point that Eddie Jones. I, know, I mean, and every, and what, hey, TJ, what do what all the Kiwis say to him? We're all, we're all from New Zealand. We were, we yeah. were all born here. We just have, we just have different heritage, but it's, it's, I, I agree with, I agree with Robin that one. So I want to go to a statistic that it's no one said that when Cal was winning, no one said that when St. Mary's were winning you've so there's out of the 900 university programs, there are, there's 70 teams that are D one a, I can't remember the exact statistics out of the 70 programs. There's 10 to 15 programs that are considered varsity programs. 
This means that the rest of the programs, they're all student-run programs. They have to fundraise. They have to do all these things. They can't compete with teams like that. So the D1A is so, I guess, unbalanced when it comes to those things that if you have an advantage, you're not just going to sit there and go, oh, I better not do that. You're going to use it. You're going to recruit top-tier players. You're going to get great coaches. Like it's it's how it goes. If it was, when I get into my segment, I've got an idea about how we can fix it a little bit. But yeah, that's my opinion. Well, yeah, nobody gets upset ahead, when when uh, you know with the guy down in Alabama. What's a what's that uh, football? Nick, 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 Nick Saban. Nick Saban. When you know when he recruits the best and best players in the country, nobody goes ah. Well, you're not being fair. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody says that to him. He's using the cards that he's dealt. Um, and and guys, for those fans out there, my son is one of those American players that's playing in Lindenwood. You okay? say he's American. You know, I have Trump. a feeling he was born in Canada. But right? And, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, well, when you see him, you know he's mine. Uh, but, Gensier. you know, I mean, he, he, you know, in any normal American, you know, program, the ones TJ's talking about, he'd probably be, as a junior, he'd probably be a starter. He's not on this team because of the talent. But you know what? Iron Scott, iron sharpens iron. There you go. They, and the as a player, stole from me, whatever they could say. Right. He has gotten better <laughs> because of being a part of that program. So, so, so TJ brought up a good point, and he says he has a, a point to fix it. So, TJ, let's start your two minutes now. Yeah. Okay. So, I've I've coached in the D1A for a few years, so I feel I have a pretty good grasp on this. But in my opinion. Th- there's many ways that you can develop a player or develop a program. You can always say that, but with the way the rugby is structured in the U S and, and the way the D one A is constructed, it's a bit difficult just to come out and say, these programs should do more. These coaches should do more in a, in a pre COVID world. My answer has always been and uh, disclaimer. It's a foreigner saying this. Um, we would send them overseas to, for a season over their summer break. So they could go play um, experienced rugby players or experienced rugby programs, just so they could that, get that experience. I've seen, Multiple players come back 10 times better. But in a, in a COVID world, that, that's basically impossible. So when you think about it domestically, I'm always going to come back to improving grassroots. This means exposing more players at a rugby at a young age. So the U.S. already has rugby IQ players coming into college. They're not picking it up in high school in their last year. They're not picking it up in college. It's There's only a fraction of players that are coming into most D1A programs that have played in high school or even before. The rest are either converts or from other sports or pick it up the first time in college, like I said. So once you bring more rugby talent and rugby IQ into the quality of the program, the quality starts to improve. The development starts to improve because it incites competition and recruiting becomes more competitive. So it all comes with coaching as well. Once you bring in individuals who have grown up with the game, who have vast knowledge about the game, they're able to develop players in a high performance level. So I, I spoke with a D1A coach this week and we, we both think the MLR is a great example. The first year, the MLR, the teams were predominantly American rugby players, which wasn't bad. Um, they had a few internationals sprinkled in. And although they had professional rugby in the US, the quality was pretty average. Then over the years, they started recruiting incredible talent from across the world, get a bit of coaching. They now have mixed squads. And with better coaching and better people in operations, the standards start to rise and it raises the bar for everyone. He described it the best way as rising tide lifts all boats. So now that I'm, I'm not saying that D1A colleges should go out and recruit a bunch of internationals and just stack their team. Absolutely not. This is why competitions like the MLR have their cap on how many international players come into a team. We want to develop American players. 
Um, so what I'm saying is that once we start focusing on grassroots and we use things like the academies that the MLR are starting, we start improving our grassroots with USA Rugby initiatives, with camps, things like that, the standard starts to improve. Instead of coaches having to teach players from from scratch, they can make minor tweaks and add to their arsenal. So I think rugby academies, that, that USA Rugby is a great start. High school programs adopting rugby as a sport now, that's great. But there's there's more we can do. So I think we should focus on the grassroots more and lay off the coaches and the, and the universities. You know, that's that's a good point. But here's the thing. You got the cheese, my friend. I mean, you're all in. Uh, um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always ranting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's I mean which is uh, make which sure, is make, ironic make because sure TJ is the guy line. that introduced us and introduced us to the term the cheese, which is freaking <laughs> yeah. awesome. Because yeah, it's coming sure back to bite him in the ass. That cheese yeah. you got. Uh, Everything uh, always comes back to bite great, in the ass. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great point, and and my point kind of stacks up to that. So, but I before I talk about my my issues or my my opinion about that i'm gonna give rick his his two minutes because me and him were talking about this previously and i had to tell him slow down you're gonna blow your load <laughs> yeah yeah you have enough ammo he was wasting Whoa. just yelling at me his about wife it was in the other the room dude, scott easy the dude was like yelling at me about it <laughs> shooting it out of like a freaking uzi but anyway rick your two minutes starts now buddy so unfortunately i agree with everything everybody else has said i'm not going to have anything much different to say but uh, i like to think about like this i coach at a low level lone star nrc uh university uh it's a big university here in dallas but it's low level in terms of rugby and i i like to think that most rugby coaches aren't at the university level because they're trying to get players playing for the national team right we're here because we want to impart what we've learned to the next generation of players. We want to see them succeed at the highest level that they can personally succeed at and develop them the best that they can. If that means playing at the national level, great. If it means playing at MLR, great. If it means going on and having a 20-year career playing in uh, D2, D1, men's club rugby, and doing the same thing that we did, that's fine also. And the goal is not to, you know, create a great men's national rugby team or a great women's national rugby team for that matter. It's to create a great player, a great individual, a great person, because we all believe that this sport is more than the product on the field, that it's about the connections that you make with other people and the quality of the individual that comes out of the sport uh, once you've been in it. So to me, I, I think, you know, there's not one coach that would come on and say that his top three goals, one of them is to get players onto the national team. I'll bet you that one of their top three goals is not to win a national championship every year. That is certainly a goal for them, especially the D1A level, but it's probably not one of their top three goals. I'll bet their top three goals involve improving the talent that they have on their team and making them better people, Right. And seeing them succeed in life, whatever that is, because we know that most of the players are not going to go on and make a million dollars playing rugby. They're going to go on and sell life insurance. They're going to go and be, you know, IT consultants or lawyers or whatever, right? But they're always going to remember that coach. And that's what each coach, whether the D1A, their high school, their low-level university, that's their goal coming out of, uh, you know, their players uh, that they've coached. Absolutely. I think all three of you hit on the same kind of note as far as what 
you know, what the D1A structure really is. So real quick, I feel this is the same way I feel about the MLR. Um, we have an entire national organization that's supposed to develop American talent to play on American national teams, men's and women's 15s and 7s. Stop putting it just because USA Rugby sucks at it. Stop putting it on people like the MLR, who's a who's a, a private organization, and that's not that's literally not their main goal. You know, don't put it on Lindenwood Rugby. Don't put it on St. Mary's. Don't put it on Iona, because they have their own uh, um, goals that they have. We literally have a national organization that's supposed to be doing this. So what you need to do as a rugby fan is to get on USA Rugby's ass and say you have to start this up again. You have to have a way back. You have to start getting kids to play rugby in elementary school, however you need right. to do that. Or, um, or, or start start a program yourself. I mean, that's where the correct. grassroots you can, start. Start yep, it yourself. Absolutely. I mean, that's where it's going to come from. And, and, and by the way, like, look, I think that I think one thing we could do is encourage some of those kids that have come here to play rugby to stay here, you know, create more opportunities to play in the MLR. And then, and then guess what? like TJ, they'll, they'll establish their roots here, right? They'll have families. How many guys have we played with in men's clubs that were, you know, played abroad, came here, started families, and then they had kids that, you know, started playing rugby, right? I I know a a handful of guys like that. Absolutely. And if you start up your own grassroots organization, I guarantee if you reach out to an MLR team, somebody will get back to you and they might not be, be able to give you something financially, but maybe they can give you a player one time. So that way, when you have your meeting, you can say, we're having a professional rugby player in the United States here from our area. So, I mean, again, I, I, I feel th- like I think that goes to just the rugby culture in general. There's always going to be some guy who plays for a club or there's going to be someone in the community that will lend a helping hand. I think Absolutely. when it comes to USA rugby, it's, I'm not hating on them completely. They do things like they, they hold coaching courses. They do things that are beneficial to the community. But when it comes to a lot of it, they make you jump through a lot of hoops. When it comes to the people who are actually on the ground running everything, they will put up a hand and go, I will help you with whatever you need. So I 100% agree yeah. with that. So that it's it's going to be tough to pick who won this rant because we really only had one rant in this episode. Um, <laughs> and while while I hate to do it because he brought out the Ohio jersey, I'm going to give it to Rick. And pretty oh, much it's a sympathy oh, win. Oh, oh, oh. Honestly, it, it has nothing a sympathy to do, win. It has nothing well, to do it, with what jackals he said. Out? As, yeah, as much as, yeah, as much as the jackals backed out, and screwed me on my Texas Cup uh, winner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh, so Rick is going to win this one. Uh, I think that's Rick's second win, actually. Um, so some might call that or, three or, or, for three. three. Some might call three. that a winning streak. Some might call <laughs> that a winning streak. Got to stop feeling bad for him. But TJ, I appreciate everything uh, you said on the show. I mean, your content with us is always great. We love having you on the show. Uh, we Rob love the bonus Rob. point, man. Yeah, we love the Thanks, bonus points. So please, yeah, please check out TJ when he does the bonus point podcast. Hopefully, he'll have me and Rob on for some MLR content at some point. And oh, it's coming! Out, it's coming! Perfect. Mm-hmm. Please check out Texas Rugby Monthly with Rick Collins, Grant Cole, and that guy. I think his name is Dustin Smith. Smith, yeah. uh, <laughs> that AG's fan, uh, and the Jackal Den. Um, I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrar. That's Rob the Hammer, Hammer Schmidt. Uh, for our buddy Ty Braga, who couldn't be here. Thank you, everybody, for watching the show, and we'll see you at the next. 
Well, rugby right, fans, good. that's another episode. Hey, hey, TJ, and Dustin. Uh, yeah, Make I messaged sure you on Facebook, on but YouTube, um, I'm seeing if I can get media passes out to the guilty media map. Is there any chance? I will reach out to the boys and I will get back to you for sure. Did you message me on, on Facebook? On Facebook. I've sent are them we, a Are we friends on facebook no i i i added you as a friend as well at the same that's time. that's probably that's probably why i didn't respond because every time i get a message and it's not from a friend it goes into like a secret folder and then i don't find it till like two months later so my apologies i, I, I need to learn how to that. do that i keep getting all these i'm gonna, jump, I'm gonna jump off real quick and i'm gonna start to get a hold of me. thing for dth so yeah. thanks say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.